you are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I say D, I say D-O, D-O-D, D-O-D-G. D-O-D-G-E-R-S. Hello, Dodger fans. Welcome to Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Locked On, your team every day. This is the daily podcast covering the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans' perspective on our boys in blue. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, flying solo today. Uh, Vince will be with you tomorrow. Uh, it's his birthday week, and I think he is celebrating with family as I'm recording this on Sunday night. And uh, he's he's turning uh, turning 30 this week, so uh, our little Vince is growing up. Yeah, I remember when I turned 30. Uh, it was a dark and stormy day. Electricity hadn't been invented yet, and uh, you know I had to get the horse and buggy to drive over to my parents' house to celebrate. Uh, but Vince is uh, turning 30 in the middle of a pandemic instead, I guess. So uh, you win some, you lose some. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the weekend's events in Dodgerland. Uh, nothing too notable news-wise, but uh, plenty of uh, things to talk about, different players saying different things. So we're going to talk about Walker Bueller, Brandon Morrow, Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, Trevor Bauer, a few other things. So that's the plan for today. But first, I want to remind you, please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. And when you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. All right, before we start, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Chris Lopez from Calexico in the Imperial Valley. He, uh, he's been DMing me. I, I mentioned him uh, on an episode a week or two ago. Uh, lots of good thoughts about the Dodgers, so I want to shout him out. Thanks for listening, Chris. Uh, he's from Calexico, which uh, two things I think of when I think of Calexico. One is Calexico is a border town in California uh, on the California-Mexico border, which is how it gets its name of Calexico. And right on the other side of the border in Mexico on the border is a town called Mexicali. Uh, and so I think it's fun that Calexico and Mexicali are right next to each other across the border from each other. Uh, my other Calexico thought is there's a Harry Bosch book that has a character named uh, Cal Moore, but Cal's full name is Calexico Moore. So uh, that's all my Calexico thoughts. Thanks for listening. Chris Lopez from Calexico. Now let's talk about uh, the Dodgers. Walker Bueller uh, met with the media and had some interesting things to say. The, the main, most notable thing was he mentioned that with the Dodgers not really able to celebrate the World Series, it almost kind of felt like they had only halfway won the World Series. And some people with, uh, let's just say, reading comprehension problems, uh, a.k.a. Padres fans, took that as an opportunity to, to claim that Bueller agrees with the Padres fans who say it's a, it's a, not a true World Series championship because of the shortened season. Of course, what Bueller was actually saying was uh, they didn't get to fully celebrate. So they got half of World Series celebration, and it motivates him to want to win it again when hopefully this fall, after the Dodgers win the 2021 World Series, we'll be able to have a parade and all that stuff. So uh, obviously, Bueller doesn't believe that the uh, that the title is tarnished in any way because... Uh, Let's face it, you'd have to be pretty dumb to believe that uh, because it was, if anything, a harder season. It was different for sure, uh, but there were so many challenges and the Dodgers were so dominant that it is silly to think that uh, 
that the Dodgers wouldn't have won the World Series if it had been a full season uh, because they were clearly the best team team in baseball. And uh, let's face it, nobody thought that it was a fake season until the day after their teams had been eliminated from the postseason. If the Padres had won the World Series, they would definitely not think it was a fake season. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> let's stop dealing in weird hypotheticals like the Padres winning the World Series. Uh, let's talk about things that have actually happened, like, you know, anything else. Uh, Clayton Kershaw also met with the media and he, he didn't rebut or refute the article, uh, for the LA times, but he did clarify. And he said he has no intention of retiring. He said, I'm only 32. Uh, he thinks he still has a few, few more years left in the tank and that he's really looking forward to this year. So, uh, you know, we, we've talked a lot about what we think will happen with Kershaw after this year. Uh, this is the last year of his contract and, uh, I have to believe that he and the Dodgers are going to come to something. I wouldn't even be surprised if they came to an extension agreement during spring training. Um, you know, it's it, not that I think it's likely, but it wouldn't shock me uh, because it's clear that, you know, the things that Kershaw said about Justin Turner re-signing, basically that it would it would have been wrong for him to be in any other uniform JT is a Dodger. Well, Kershaw has been a Dodger twice as long as JT has. And JT has played for three other teams. Kershaw hasn't played for any other team. And so if anybody is a, a Dodger, it's Kershaw. Uh, Andrew Friedman has said that he wants Kershaw to play his whole career as a Dodger. Uh, Kershaw seems to want that too. And so uh, it seems like there's probably a deal to be made. Part of the question will be, uh, you know, how does Kershaw do this year and what sort of contract does he does he merit after this season? Uh, he, I do still think he has a lot left in the tank, and I don't know if he's still a $30 million a year guy, and I don't know if he's interested in taking a discount to stay with the Dodgers. Uh, but, you know, it, it's something that hopefully, knowing that Kershaw plans on pitching beyond this year kind of gives a little clarity and really, for me, makes it important that the Dodgers figure out a way to keep him. Uh, obviously, Kershaw understands the business side of things and understands that, uh, you know, money that the Dodgers give to him, it could impact what else, what other team they could put around him. Obviously, the Dodgers are in a somewhat unique situation of being, you know, loaded and not really needing, not really needing to worry too much about money. But there are, you know, there's the draft pick implications of the competitive competitive balance tax, and maybe maybe the Dodgers do wait until after this year when we see what the new CBA looks like before they figure out too much with Kershaw going forward. But uh, I, I hope Kershaw plays those last few years that he's talking about in a Dodger uniform because, as you know, he is my favorite player. Um, last thing as far as uh, news this weekend, Mark Pryor talked with the media, talked about a lot of things, uh, mentioned a few guys, some of the newcomers, Garrett Clevenger and Alex Vasilla. Uh, looking really good. Brandon Morrow looking good. I'm going to talk more about Brandon Morrow in the in the next segment. But uh, <clears throat> one of the things that that Pryor mentioned is that Trevor Bauer and Kenley Jansen have become throwing partners, and it just reminded me of what Ross Stripling told me uh, immediately after the Dodgers signed Trevor Bauer, which is Stripling said every pitcher in the organization is going to get a lot better. And when you think about, you know, Trevor Bauer is famous for his devotion to improving himself as a pitcher. And I think that's, you know, it, it 
it makes a lot of sense that that devotion would rub off on other other players and now that Bauer is a Dodger he is he seems committed to helping other Dodgers pitchers and so uh, if if Bauer can help Kenley unlock a little bit I don't think Kenley's ever going to get back to 2016-2017 form uh, he was legitimately the best relief pitcher in baseball back then I don't think that's probably in the cards but uh, even little things might be able to help Kenley bounce back a little bit. So that's what I'm hoping for from that. And uh, and it's good to see Bauer having a positive impact on the team. Uh, Bueller and Kershaw both said good things about Bauer. Uh, obviously, there's been some controversy among fans, but the team seems happy to have Bauer. So I'm going to come back in a minute and I'm going to talk about Brandon Morrow and some of the things he said and just kind of some some ruminating on his career so keep it locked on dodgers have you heard of built bar of course you have you listen to this podcast and we talk about it a lot partly because they pay us too but partly because it really is the best tasting protein bar ever i actually just today sunday afternoon sat down and ordered myself two more boxes of built bar they sent me some for free in the past because because we advertise for them but I needed more because they are so good. Uh, my son especially loves them. I have a teenage son who is uh, reaching that point in his life where he's trying to, uh, you know, basically he's it, his body's changing. It's a special time in a young boy's life. And he wants to build muscle. And so he is focusing on what he puts into his body. And Built Bar is perfect because it tastes good. It's a great snack, has a ton of protein, but it doesn't have a ton of calories, doesn't have a ton of carbs. And so for him, you know, when he's hitting the weight room after school, it's a perfect snack for him to have before and or after hitting the weight room uh, when he can really maximize this special time in a young man's life. And uh, even if you're not a young man, even if you're an old man or an old woman, guess what? Built Bar can help you too because, like I said, high protein, low calorie, low carb, high fiber, tons of good stuff in these Built Bars. And, oh yeah, did I mention they taste delicious? And all you got to do is go to BuiltBar.com and you can do exactly what I did today, which is when I was ordering into promo code, I typed in locked on. And guess what? It took my order down by 20% because everybody gets 20% off. Every order, you could every time you order, you can put in Built Bar as the promo code and you'll get 20% off. Why would you not do it? Go do it. Go to builtbar.com and put in promo code locked on for 20% off now. And let's also talk about rockauto.com. Did you know that I just counted there are 85 million different kinds of cars in the world? That's an exaggeration. I didn't really count. I don't think I could count that high, but there are a ton of car manufacturers. And guess what? There are more auto parts than your normal local auto parts retailer could possibly fit in their store. So they have a bunch of generic parts. They have parts that will work for your car, but not that great. And guess what? They charge you too much. Well, rockauto.com has all the parts your car will need and they don't charge you too much. They don't have special pricing for, for mechanics. They give everybody that special pricing. So, and the best part is you don't have to leave your house. Who wants to go outside right now? Nobody. Just go on the internet. You have it. You're listening to a podcast right now, so I know you have the internet. Stop lying to me. You have the internet. So go to rockauto.com, find your make and model of car, and it will list all the parts available and whatever you need. You need bulbs for your 
turn signals, great. They got it. You need floor mats. They've got it. You need something more intense, like a new uh, shocks or struts, like I had to get on my Suburban. They have all that. So go to rockauto.com. And if they ask you who sent, who, who sent you, tell them Locked On sent you so they'll know that we sent you. And just remember, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Rock Auto. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than the Game. Right now, you can hear Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to the Locked On Presents podcast feed on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about Brandon Morrow. Uh, Morrow talked to the media and and basically he he gave a lot of insight that really it excited a lot of fans uh he mentioned that when the cubs released him uh andrew friedman immediately reached out to him and said there's a spot for you with the dodgers when you're healthy and uh morrow health is the big thing he hasn't thrown a pitch in two and a half years it's going to be close to three years by the time the season starts and uh and so there's definitely some question marks there. Uh, but it sounds like from, from what Mark Pryor said and from what other people have said, sounds like Morrow is throwing the ball really well so far in spring training. And uh, it sounds like he never really left the Dodgers at heart. He, he mentioned that he was rooting for the Dodgers uh, a lot in 2020. It was so happy for them when they won the World Series. He mentioned being happy for some of the guys who were on the team in 2017 with him when the Dodgers were robbed of the World Series by the cheating cheaters. And uh, and Morrow even said he was a little bit jealous of those guys winning the World Series. And so he seems really motivated to to come in and help the Dodgers win another World Series. He He's not on the roster right now. He's a non-roster invitee. They do have one roster spot available because they uh, they when they made the Justin Turner signing official, they moved... Uh, Caleb Ferguson to the 60-day injured list to open up that 40-man roster spot. They still haven't moved Tommy Canely to the injured list, to the 60-day. And so when they do that, they could open up another spot on the 40-man roster. So there's room on the 40-man for Morrow. Uh, room on the 25-man, or 26-man, I guess it is now, is a little bit harder to come by. But uh, you know, if Brandon Morrow is right, if he can get back anything close to what he was in 2017 – he absolutely is a des- deserving of a spot on the 26-man roster as a as a key part of that bullpen, not just a filler, but he could be a really key part. Um, and, and I just was looking at his career, and it's it's kind of I, I don't know. It makes you wonder. Uh, just looking at it superficially, you think what other lousy starting pitchers could be dominant relievers? Because uh, he was a, a starting pitcher his whole career, basically. Um, he he when he came up with the the Mariners, he was a reliever, uh, but then they made him a starter, uh, and then he went to the Blue Jays and was a starter for a few years, and then it was uh, his fifth year in Toronto that they uh, they turned him back into a reliever, and he got better then, and then he spent two years with the Padres, and superficially, at least, his numbers looked really good. He had a 273 ERA, in 2015 with the Padres and a 169 ERA in 2016. Uh, you'll notice that I mentioned his ERA. And as I talked about a week or two ago, using ERA to judge a reliever is really, really probably not the best way to judge a reliever. And Morrow in those couple years is a good example of why. Because like, for example, in 2016, 
he had a 169 ERA. A, it was only 16 innings, and so it's hard to put too much stock in anything in 16 innings. He also had by far the lowest strikeout rate of his career. He only struck out eight batters in those 16 innings. Uh, and this is a guy, if you look at his underlying numbers, in that year, his his pitch velocity, his fastball, only averaged 95.1 miles an hour, which is fine, but it's not uh, it's not really much faster than he was as a starter. I mean, he averaged 94.6 in 2011 with the Blue Jays as a starter, and so 95.1 isn't that much harder than that. And so uh, it's not like he immediately got a huge velocity bump when he went to the bullpen, which is kind of what you expect. If a guy goes from the starting rotation to the bullpen and immediately gets better, you think, oh, he must have gotten a velocity bump. And Morrow got a little bit of a velocity bump, but not a huge one by going to the bullpen. It wasn't until he went to the Dodgers in 2017 that he really got his velocity bump. In 2017, his fastball averaged 97.5 miles an hour. Uh he also added in a cutter in 2016 and started using that more, uh, even more in 2017. But if you look at his pitch values on fan graphs in 2017, uh, his cutter was, was the best it had been uh, about the same as it had been in 2015, his first year that he was really throwing it much uh, with the Padres. It was about the same. His slider was the best it had been uh, on a, pitch per pitch basis in his career and his fastball was by far the most valuable it had been so uh, between the increased velocity and the increased command and and usage of his three pitches he went from striking out four and a half batters per nine in 2016 to 10.3 in 2017 his walk rate stayed right right around the same uh, and and that's something that we definitely saw when he went to the bullpen his walk rates went from uh, you know in the threes and fours and sometimes even fives down to the ones. And, uh, and that's a huge, a huge deal. Obviously a reliever who comes in and walks guys can be very infuriating. Just ask anybody who has watched Pedro Baez pitch over the last several years. Uh, his, one of the big things about uh, Morrow in 2017 is he didn't allow a single home run. And I don't know if that's sustainable, uh, but you know, and it probably isn't. It's the only year in his career that he didn't allow a single home run. Uh, but, uh, you know, I look at what the Dodgers did with him in 2017. One of the things is a little bit about usage, I think, uh, just like bulk-wise. He only threw 43 and two-thirds innings with the Dodgers. He didn't make his debut with the Dodgers until Memorial Day that year. Uh, I remember it very clearly. I was at a picnic at the park with my family, and I had driven over to get sandwiches for my family, and I was listening to the game in the car. And uh, Morrow came in to pitch. And I remember thinking, huh, apparently Brandon Morrow throws 99 now. And I had no clue that Brandon Morrow could, could throw hard. Uh, or not like that, anyway. And uh, that's one of the things Morrow said. He said he doesn't know if he can still hit 100 because he's four years older than he was in 2017. But uh, I don't think he necessarily needs to hit 100 uh, in order to be effective. But whatever the Dodgers did, you have to think that they have potential to help him recapture some of that magic. He got hurt pretty early, you know, halfway through the season with the Cubs after signing to be their closer. And uh, he was very good before he got hurt. 147 ERA, which uh, a 296 FIP. Uh, so, you know, not quite. His, his FIP with the Dodgers in 2017 was 155, which is a better measurement for a reliever because it kind of shows the underlying stuff. So he wasn't as good with the Cubs, but he was, he was really good. Uh, and then he got hurt and he hasn't pitched since. But the fact that he hasn't pitched since 2018 also means he hasn't been 
stacking mileage on an arm. He's only thrown 859 career innings now. And so he should have plenty of mileage left on his arm uh, to the extent that somebody with a history of arm injuries can have plenty of mileage left. But uh, I am really, really optimistic suddenly. Uh, Going into spring training, I wasn't really expecting much from Morrow. He was kind of a, oh yeah, and Brandon Morrow might do something. But hearing him talk, hearing reports about his bullpen sessions, you start to think, wow, he might actually really, really do something for the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, if he, going along with what Dave Roberts said last week that we talked about, that Kenley Jansen is starting the season as the closer, but it isn't necessarily cemented in that role. Brandon Morrow is definitely a guy you could see stepping up and getting some of those saves. Some of the other guys we talked about, Trinan and Gratterall and stuff, need to strike out more guys in order to to really be that guy. But if Morrow can come in and be somewhere around that 10.3 strikeouts per nine that he had in 2017 and not walking guys, that is a guy who you feel really good uh, with him as your closer or any sort of high leverage reliever. And so, uh, you know, we've talked about Morrow. But it wasn't until this weekend that I started really getting excited. Like at this point, I'm expecting him to be on the opening day roster. Uh, and, you know, he's a lot of the other guys who have an argument to be on the roster also have options available. And that's the life of being on a on a deep team is some guys might spend time in the minors who would be, you know, actual high leverage relievers for for other teams. And with the Dodgers, they might. Uh, bounce back and forth between Oklahoma City and Los Angeles, and hopefully they'll be okay with that. Uh, but I'm really excited to see what Brandon Morrow can do this year. And uh, listening to him talk, just he, he's a nice guy. You, you, he's a guy you root for. And uh, I know I just said that last week about DJ Peters. I, maybe I'm obsessed with nice guys, uh, but but that's okay. Uh, he's overcome a lot. He's a type one diabetic, which is uh, obviously dealing with that through childhood and still becoming a world-class professional athlete is pretty impressive. Uh, I like the fact he was picked, he was chosen just a couple picks ahead of Clayton Kershaw in the 2006 draft. And so that's kind of fun that Dodgers have two of the first round picks from 2006 on their team. So there's a lot of reasons to root for tomorrow besides the fact that if he can get right, he can make the Dodgers even better than they were last year, which was already one of the best teams we've ever seen. So, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. I just wanted to talk a little bit about those things, uh, kind of a recap of the weekend. As I said, Vince will be here with you tomorrow. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to Locked on Dodgers wherever you get your podcasts. If you have Apple Podcasts, please subscribe there to help other people find us. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Locked on Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. And our phone number, if you want to leave us a voicemail or shoot us a text, is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow. I say D-O-D-O-D-G-E-R-S. The team that's all hard. Oh, hard and all thumbs, they're my Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, our Los Angeles. Do you think we'll really win the pennant?